from Real Ghost Stories Online.com. This is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. It's group therapy for the paranormally affected. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 if you'd like to call in and share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Comment on the forum section, all sorts of ways for you to communicate your real ghost story and get it on the air. Or just uh, communicate your thoughts on some of the stories that we've talked about in the past. Be sure to press that subscribe button, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, whatever it may be. We're all over the place. Plenty of places for you to find us, but uh, please do press subscribe. That helps us out quite a bit. And if you're not yet an EPP, lots of folks saying it's well worth the money, and uh, it's also well worth helping support keeping the show alive. Uh, it's uh, five bucks a month to get an extra episode every single week that we send directly to you. Uh, and we thank you in advance for doing that uh, in the crazy of 52 extra episodes a year. Uh, so uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you uh, are an EPP and if you've not become one yet, please join us uh, and help keep our show uh, going. Uh, on today's episode of the show, uh, you know about as much as I do, as always. We uh, take your calls, we read your letters, and we don't listen to them in advance. So... There you go. Sometimes I feel like I should be like, on today's show, we're going to hear the story of a woman and her cat. A cat that ate her in her sleep. Was it a demon or was it just a hungry kitty? But I, no. I think it would lose so much if we already knew what we were walking into. Yeah, I, it really would lose the effect. Yeah. So I, I kind of just enjoy it. So some uh, feedback for us. Uh, uh, Tony and Jenny, thank you for not mentioning uh, your ad frequently throughout your show. You're welcome. We just mentioned it at the beginning and at the end. There we go. Uh, other ghost shows tend to feel like long commercials because your broadcasters mention it way too much. Yeah, I, I understand that. I'm a 30-year-old woman who's uh, helping my mom and dad financially themselves, raising another seven uh, young kids, so I can't afford subscriptions, but I do appreciate very much that you decided not to withhold value from your subscribers, but instead add value to those who can contribute. Yeah, I, and I like I like that, too. I like that. That's really what we're doing here. We're, that's very nice. I appreciate that. We're still trying to get you out your show. Uh, what we say, and we've always said... you. We've been kind of spoiling everyone because it's been almost seven days a week, you know, every day. And we, we try to do that. But realistically, five to seven days a week is what we're going to put out there on a consistent basis. Yeah. As much as we possibly can. You do understand things happens and happens in people's lives and we have to do things and some nights we just can't do a show. But consistently, that's going to constantly go out there five to seven days a week of the show for free. And then the EPPs get the bonus episode. Well, and we enjoy doing it so much. We're probably going to be more on the seven end of that yeah. than the five. It's, it's just, you never know. Exactly. So you're welcome. We're not uh, ever going to, you know, cut out the uh, the free version of the show. There will always be a five to seven day a week thing for you guys. Um, and uh, then there's always the bonus that we give. And that's really just... Um, it's an added thank you uh, to the folks who want to help support the show because that free show could not be going on without the support of the community um, that uh, that's out there doing it. So so thank you guys and thank you for uh, uh, for writing in and telling us uh, your thoughts on that. Dave writes in, uh, "How do you know Bigfoot isn't a ghost? After all, we have pictures in the wild of all sorts of animals in sharp focus. Bigfoot pictures are always fuzzy, just like a ghost." Mammals get all sorts of diseases in the wild, like rabies, but none seem to affect Bigfoot, just like ghosts. Ghosts have been known to leave footprints 
uh, in uh, four spread on the floor uh, that just disappeared. Let's face it, none of the Bigfoot tracks ever go anywhere either. Bigfoot is all over the world, and so are ghosts. Maybe Bigfoot is the ghost of a, I don't know what the hell this word is, a giant... uh, Giant apothecus or something. I don't know. I'm not helping with that one. (laughs) Something in paleontology, I'm guessing. Probably. Um, Or anthropology. Yeah, uh, anthropology. Did I have the wrong paleontology? No, I think paleontology may be a better fit. I think anthropology is the study of ancient humans or the way people, not necessarily ancient humans, but the way people and civilizations work. Look at that. I knew a science term. Very good. Gold star. Appearing and disappearing and uh, at will and crying out at night just to mess with those silly humans. Wouldn't it be great to have a Bigfoot in a bottle? Yes, it would be great to have a Bigfoot in a bottle. Um, I don't know. Still not sold on Bigfoot being a ghost. And I, I... and. I want to make it clear. I, I don't discount it as being out there. I just don't care to discuss it on the show because I don't think it's a ghostly thing. That's just me. I never thought of the idea of Bigfoot possibly being a ghost. That makes sense. I mean, in some ways. And I, you know, I think mm-hmm. there's something out there sure. as far as a Bigfoot type creature. Yeah. Whether or not it's a ghost of a creature or sure. a species that we don't aren't familiar with i don't know but when someone has a a bigfoot story of this thing literally just appearing like apparition we'll talk about it okay then that's a ghost story but if it's something that's crawling out of the woods that's kind of animal like that's not really a ghost to me that's an it's an unidentified something animal being of some sort but probably not a ghost we could almost do a whole nother podcast on UFOs and Bigfoot and Loch Ness. And you know, I'm not as passionate about those. I'm really not. Like, It I, would lose something if you're not that passionate. That's about the it. thing. Exactly. That's why I don't really go there with it. Because, you know, even back in the day when I just used to listen to, to shows on this topic, I never really got into the Art Bell shows about UFOs and stuff. The Bigfoots are okay. But the alien stuff, I never really got into the alien stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I had, um, when I was doing radio... This was 2001 when I was in Wausau, Wisconsin one night. um, We got bombarded with calls, uh, like 250 calls or so. uh, People seeing these unexplained weird lights in the sky. And it was I did did not see them myself, but I know it wasn't just one or two drunk people out in the North Woods, uh, you know, seeing fireflies. It was something that hundreds of people saw. It made the paper. Um, I Whitley Strieber called me. And, and if you're an Art Bell listener, uh, he's like he was his go to uh, UFO, UFO guy, guy. Um, and wanting information on these reports. And it was weird. And I'm like, I've heard you on Art Bell before. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, yes, yes, you have. Um, can you explain what these calls are about? So I don't know if it ever made the Art Bell show. I have no idea. But um, it was weird. I mean, if you, I think even if you Google my name to this day um, and dig deep enough, you'll find one of those reports. See, I, I get as much jolly out of a good UFO story as I do a good ghost really? story. I do. You, you can do your own podcast on it. Will you be my co-host on that? I could be the co-host on the UFO podcast. RealUFOStories.com. Yeah, and we could, yeah, we could uh, just kind of switch roles. That would be fun. That'd be kind of fun. Sure. We just could invent an extra hour in the day. The, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Maybe someday. Someday. Maybe someday that could be a possibility. Um, 
Uh, Denver Jim writes, and interesting, the last caller sounded like he saw ghost lights. And this is in reference to one of the calls on the uh, the show the other day. Uh, which episode? And here we go. I'm going to actually reference the episode because folks have been saying, can you reference the episodes that people are talking about these things on? Yes. Why, yes, I can. Give me one second and I will pull up and I'll tell you exactly what episode this comment was about. About, and it was in reference to haunted furniture episode. Somebody talking about what does sound like ghost lights says we have a cemetery here in Colorado called Silver Cliff Cemetery and people claim to see round lights moving around. Usually they're blue or green in color and they seem to appear when people are there and in a happy mood. Okay, blue or green. Mm hmm. That's strange. I don't know. Orbs. There was uh, somebody who sent us some orb pictures, and actually they wanted some feedback on it, and I keep forgetting to bring this up, and they're in our gallery section right now. I think we've talked about them. It was the orbs that uh, uh, were orange. Okay. And they wanted to know why the orbs were orange, because in so many photos, orbs tend to be white or you know, kind of look like bubbles, if you will. But these ones uh, seem to be fairly orange uh and uh it's under roses orb photos that's what i labeled them um and here you can see and i don't know i don't know the answer as to why her orbs were colored are there a lot of occurrences of colored orbs i don't know i've never heard of i haven't seen her being significant no i i haven't heard of it and i wonder if there's a significance to it that's a question for the community. It is. So if you guys have any insight on that, uh, write in, call in, maybe uh, bring it up on the forum or something. Uh, that would be uh, be good to do. 855-853-4802. That's a phone number to call into our little radio show here at realghoststoriesonline.com. And let's go to a call. Hello. Hi, guys. This is Benjamin. Uh I'm a fellow who wrote in to y'all about a month or two ago about hearing a, a voice in my house of my mother coming in saying, hey, we're home, and a couple of other oddball things that happened. I had a couple of other short stories I wanted to share with y'all. This one's about 10 or 12 years old now. While I was still in school, I worked uh, one summer part-time at a nursing home as a security guard. And I worked from 6 p.m. in the evening till 6 a.m. in the morning. And I had, you know, a few experiences there. You know, the sort of thing that would give you creeps, but nothing that I could ever just swear up and down that, you know, there's something paranormal going on here. However, one event that did happen that I was partially involved with was about 10 o'clock at night, I'd go in and I'd make the coffee for the nurses working the night shift. Well, one night about... 8 p.m. or so, uh, one of the head nurses, she came by and she said, uh, didn't I send you over the pot and working on it, making it earlier, but uh, there's there's no coffee there. Were, y'all, were you cleaning or what was going on? I said, no, ma'am, I, I haven't been around it. She said, well, I, I swear I saw you there making coffee. You know, it, it didn't look like you, but, you know, you had on your guard uniform and hair didn't look like yours, but, you know, it's the right height. I said, no, ma'am. Well, the reason I got the job there is because the other gentleman who had been security guard there, he had uh, been fired for going to Paris, supposedly going through employee or not employee, but patient records or something to that effect. Uh, the next day I came in, 
and the head nurse came up to me, and she was about in tears at the time. She said uh, that they found out earlier that day that that gentleman had committed suicide, that, you know, apparently he, between losing his job and having issues going on with uh, his wife or something to that effect at home, he had, you know, decided decided to end his life. And so the nurse, you know, she swore up and down that, you know, she thought that it looked like this other gentleman, but, you know, that made no sense to her at the time. So she that's why she had insisted it was me over at the coffee pot. And, of course, you know, it wasn't me. One of the other nurses there shared a story with me where she had uh, been making rounds about, you know, again, 8 or 9 o'clock at night. She'd walked past one room and seen a gentleman in the room, and you know, she had her hands full of supplies, so she walked down to the main desk and asked the nurse there, you know, who was visiting that late at night since visiting hours ended right at 5.30 or 6. Now, they said no one. She went back to the room, and, you know, there was no one there. So she just feared someone had come in late and then had snuck out. Well, a nine or two later, she was out in the hall and saw the same man again. This time, you know, man walked into the room, so she, you know, she took off down the hall to go see what it was about, walked in the room, and, you know, there was no one there except for the, the one resident. She was in there asleep. Well, the next day, she said that uh, the lady passed away, and the family came in, gathered up belongings, and, and what she told me, at least, was she was in there, and she was help, helping them uh, pack their stuff up. I guess the family must have come in, you know, later in the evening, uh, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in, around that time frame for her to have seen them. But she was helping them pack up stuff and, you know, just, just a few belongings she had between clothes and photos. And she saw one photo and asked them, you know, who's, who's this gentleman? And they said, oh, that's her, uh, her deceased husband. And, you know, of course, she didn't go into detail about uh, what she had seen with them, but, you know, she swore up and down that it was the case. But uh, I've got a few more stories to share, but I'll say those for another time. Uh, y'all have a good evening. Bye. Thanks for calling in and sharing your story. That one last visit before going. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. You hear that a lot. You do. You know, it's it's really interesting how how common that is. And then never to be heard from again. And that's it's cases like that that I think really kind of debunks the folks who have the theory that every ghost is evil. Yeah. Outlook because I mean, everyone is completely entitled to their opinion. So I'm not saying, you know, you're wrong because. It's again completely relative topic. Anybody can have any opinion, but from my viewpoint, I'm going to disagree. And my assumption is that not every ghost is evil. Could I be wrong? Sure, I could be completely wrong. But it's cases like that that make that, and that's where I base that opinion. Well, sure, and like both of those, I wouldn't consider either one evil. I think the security guard who had lost his job, you know was just doing that that one last time mm-hmm. before moving on. And then the husband of the woman, the deceased husband of the woman, you know, came to, I would assume, take her home. Sure. So neither one of those, I think, are going to be an ongoing no, I entity. Mean, it's one of those things where if it came back and started doing weird things, yeah, then it's probably not the deceased right. loved one. But if it's there, gone the next day, uh, it's probably the loved one. 
you know, right. you know that I mean, or you know, if it's not the loved one, maybe it is some other higher power that's doing something to comfort those living people. I could see that being the case too. I don't know, but I don't. That's where case where I don't think it's necessarily something evil. I agree. I got a letter here. Hi, Tony and Jenny. First, I want to say I love your show, and I listen to it before bed every night. I've always felt a connection with the other side and was raised in a non-religious but very spiritual household. My mother and I both have a number of sensitive-type experiences throughout our lives as well. My story occurred when I was around nine years old. I was watching TV one evening and needed to go to the bathroom. In order to reach the bathroom, I had to pass my parents' bedroom in the opening of the hall. As I walked by, I felt the urge to look inside the room. As I turned my head to look, the room filled up with a bright white light. Then out of the room ran what looked like a black cat with a silver or gray stripe along its back. The image is blurry and looked like an image that you would see in a poor quality photograph and almost jagged around the edges. I watched this cat-like creature run out of the room, through my living room, and all the furniture, then out of the wall. Then I saw another figure that looked as if it was chasing the cat. It was a short black figure, about three feet tall, dressed in what looked like a cloak. This other figure looked blurry and jagged around the edges as well. It passed through the furniture and out of the wall as well. This shocked me, but I didn't feel any negative energy after seeing it. After both figures vanished, I looked at my parents' room and the white light was gone. I told my dad about the light, but not the other figures. It wasn't until a few years after that I told him the entire story, and he told me that he'd seen the room fill up with the same light, but never the cat and small cloaked apparition. I've never heard about any other occurrences with this type of apparition, so hopefully you can give me some insight into it. P.S. My dad found a bunch of quack medicine bottles from the 1800s in an empty lot in our Southern California town. I've kept these bottles on my dresser for several years, as one always seems to move out of line of the other bottles. At first, I thought maybe it just moved closer to the dresser, shaking from opening and closing the drawers. However, I opened and closed the drawers forcefully and shaking the dresser to see if the particular bottle would move. Instead, all of the bottles moved, not just one. The label on the bottle reads, Rhubarb and Sodium Tablets. I'm not sure... What it, uh, why it does this, but an aunt told me that severe allergies to rhubarb are common. Thank you for reading my story, Nanette. I've never known anybody allergic to rhubarb. How about you? Uh, I know that it's, it's an allergy. Yeah. But I don't know anyone that's necessarily, a, you know. I think it's because so few people actually eat rhubarb. It's probably one of those that most people even know if they're allergic to it or not. Sure. You know, unless like rhubarb was a part of your childhood, you're probably not necessarily going out and picking up rhubarb. I wonder what rhubarb and sodium tablets were for. I don't know. I mean, I ate rhubarb growing up, Mm -hmm. so I know I'm not allergic to it. I picked it out of the garden and I loved it. Um, But it's one of those things where, again, it wasn't part of your heritage. It's not necessarily going to be part of your diet later. Sure. I don't know. I don't know what it would be. I I know it is. it, It did have some sort of medicinal Values as far as what I don't know. It's kind of just like spicy celery, if you. Yeah, kind of. You know, is. when you taste it. Um. So, I don't know. Interesting story. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Let's go to another caller. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. 
Well, I've never done this before, but I just found your show and I absolutely love it. And um, I have so many experiences that I thought I'd share with you um, a couple of school ones. Um, so I uh, went to a Catholic school for both grade school and high school. And the Catholic school that I went to when I was in grade school, um, originally it wasn't haunted, but uh, it, we had an extended daycare, and the extended daycare had taken donated toys, and one of those toys actually ended up being in a Ouija board. Um, now, the, the people who worked at the extended daycare, they put it away, they put it with all the other board games, and no one ever really touched it. But rumors had it was that uh, a couple of girls, I'm, I'm not too sure what grade, but they were pretty young. I want to say second, third grade. Well, during classes, they took, they stole the Ouija board from ex the extended daycare. And what they did was they went to the second floor girls' bathroom and they were playing around with it in, in the bathroom. And um, I, from what I've heard, they were caught and they were reprimanded for what they did. But afterwards, things got a little weird at the school. Um, the girl's bathroom door on the, on the second floor would open and close on it by itself. And I've actually seen it happen before when I was in fifth grade. I had asked to go to the bathroom, and I was the only one in the hallway. And as I was walking down the hallway, the door just opened by itself. And it wasn't a slow thing either. It just whoosh. And these doors, they were heavy. They were thick wood. You would have to use both your hands just to open these doors. And by itself, it just went whoosh. And I remember just staring at it and thinking, oh, no, please, no, because I had heard the rumors. And, you know, at the time, I had been experiencing ghost things at my own house, and school was the only place where I would get a chance to relax and not have to worry about that. But of course, that happens. Um, another time, I was uh, same grade. I was walking down the stairs. I, was, uh, hand, I had to go hand uh, a letter to one of the teachers. I was sent on an errand. And I was completely by myself, going down from the third floor to the second floor. And as I was walking, a really black shadow ran down the stairs from where I had headed from the third floor, ran right behind me, and just ran straight through the second floor to, uh, towards the doors and went through the door. And the door moved a little bit. From what, I had, from what I remember, the door moved a bit when the shadow went right through. And I had just stopped on the stairs, and I was holding on to the railing because while I have seen shadow people before, I had never seen one move that fast. And so I, I quickly stopped, and I was just staring because I couldn't believe it, it had happened. So those were the only two experiences I had at that school. But my high school was um, definitely haunted, definitely haunted. Um, again, it was a Catholic school, and so there was a hallway where all the teachers had their offices. It was just a very long hallway at the end of the corner, kind of hard to find, and... Um, the story goes is that when the school was first started, the nuns used to live in those rooms in the school. And at the time, the school wasn't that, wasn't very big, so of course they would, the uh, they were just uh, reciting within the school. Um, 
But a lot of those nuns, because they were so very old, they were dying. And so at night, late at night, many teachers have reported seeing nuns walking throughout the school. And unfortunately, well, maybe fortunately, I never, I had never seen a nun. But funerals were held within the school. Um, during classes, I would hear the nuns chanting and praying, and it was, it gave a very eerie feeling. So those are my two ghost stories. I have a lot more, so I'll probably be calling in another time. But I just want to thank you so much for this. It is a wonderful, wonderful show, and I love you guys so much. So thank you. Well, there's a perfect example of why you want to tell your second or third grader about a Ouija board so they don't go get it out of the preschool and take it up to the bathroom and plague the whole school with demons. Let's summon Barbie. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the ghost of Skipper. Wow. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Where then they started having that creepy stuff. And again, it goes back to bathrooms and those being somewhat uh, hot spots for paranormal activity. I guess if you use the Ouija board in one, uh, if you subscribe to the thought process of the water and stuff being a good conduit for bringing those things about, there's probably a good place to do it. There you go. So uh, just uh, surround themselves with some electrical equipment and... uh, you got a portal to hell. <laughs> okay, grave. <laughs> I was always uh, paranoid um, back in the uh, the radio days because you'd have the um, the equipment rooms that were just lined with electrical equipment. Uh-huh. You know, and I mean, there's always there was never silence down there because there was constantly something making noise, just the generation of all the electricity, just a constant hum. But I always thought, God, you know, this would be a perfect place for something paranormal to show up. Just the sheer amount of electricity and frequencies and everything just pumping through a very condensed room. Um, And the fun part about the last station I worked at is that room had a horrible leak in it. Um, When it rained, so water would like pour (laughs) and shoot into that room. Oh, wow. And and not to mention that would probably be a horrible uh, liability for uh, being electrocuted uh, with all that electricity and water. But I thought, God, if anything's going to ever appear in what they said was a haunted radio station too this is a perfect place for it to be happening yeah with that amount of stuff going on i remember one time it was like flooding and i went down there and there was like a little um like ditch throughout the floor where they just kind of ran some cords and it, it was just it was concrete but when the water ran in it became a ditch of water oh and all these cords in it and i'm amazed like the whole building didn't short out and like the basement explode or something but i don't know they got it under control i don't that's crazy. Oh, there was a plague of frogs in there once, too. Wasn't there a snake in that room? Uh, there's, there's a couple snakes that had been found, and then there was one snake they couldn't find for a while. Yeah. And which is great because you have all the cords everywhere, uh-huh. and you go, oh, missing snake. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, where's Waldo? <laughs> and I think eventually they assumed it left, because um, I don't think anybody ever found it. Oh, they um, hope. But, yeah, I really was like, where's Waldo? I did see a, like a baby snake in the bathroom once. Ew. And that creeped me. I was like really tiny. It was like a little bit larger than a worm, but it was a snake. I've seen those before. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. like any snakes. But once there was a plague of frogs and it was like biblical. And I'm not even <laughs> kidding. I, I wish I had a, taken a picture at the time because, um, again, it was there was moisture in that basement. 
And I went down there one day on a like a Sunday afternoon or something, and you could not walk without stepping on a frog. And they were baby frogs. Ew. So it was like a whole, um, I don't know, uh, I don't know what it would have been. You know, it was like a whole pool of tadpoles turned into frogs at one time and just overtook that basement. And the more I look at that, it was weird. I mean, it was beyond, oh, you got a frog, you know, a couple frogs got in here. Uh-huh. It really was kind of Amityville plague-ish. Do you think somebody put the frogs in there? No. No, I don't. Really? No. I, I think they got in somehow. I I don't think anybody would have... I don't know where you get that many frogs. I, I mean, I if you were know. to try and gather them up, that would be like a week's worth of gathering at a, a pond. And I know this from gathering frogs as a child. <laughs> but... But you, they were taking cups, like giant big gulp cups, uh-huh. and shoveling frogs up in like folders and stuff, and then putting them into these cups, and these cups were overspilling with frogs, and then they take them outside and throw them into the field, so they could, you know, they weren't killing them. This right, so kid. they could release them. Yeah, but it was literally, there had to have been like 300 frogs. That's insane. And I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. I looked in that ground and I thought it looked like the carpet was moving. Ew. Because there was that many frogs. I like frogs, but that's too many frogs. There's no way you could walk without stepping on them. You had to like just kind of shuffle your feet. It was creepy. I mean, it, at the time we were dealing with a flooding issue. Mm-hmm. So paranormal was a not last thing on my mind. But um, looking back at this retrospectively in a building that a lot of people do say is haunted... Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if there. I don't know. Huh? I could see it being something a little paranormal. Okay. There was because it was that many. Okay. It's like when you think of Amityville and the flies, uh-huh. think of frogs. Okay. Wichita Radio. Uh, there you go. That wow. was. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Is a phone number to call with your real ghost story here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hello, Tony. Hello, Jenny. This is David from Rockland, California, yet again. Um, I want to start out by saying um, how thankful I am and how wonderful you are for playing that little song that I wrote, that little demo piece. Um, you played it online. Wow. Thank you so much. That was. Uh, I was listening to the, the show as usual, and all of a sudden I hear myself singing, and it's just, just wow, you know, the feeling is amazing. So thank you, and the full version is coming. I'm just trying to get it perfect, which might take a little while since I am my worst critic. Anyway, uh, I have a story to tell you. Um, so I'm with my friend, and this was uh, about two years ago, well, almost about three years ago. And we are um, in there. Uh, it's kind of an extension of the house, kind of like a um, like a like a a patio room extension kind of a deal. Anyway, we always named it the Garado. <laughs> That's where we used to play music. And so we, we would collaborate in there and play and have a lot of fun, you know. And so we're in there one night, and, you know, just to get the mood right for riding, we would, uh, you know, just turn all the lights out and uh, have candles burning. 
And so we would play and uh, just have a great time. Well, there was this one night, and, and mind you, they told me that their house was haunted. And, you know, I yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. I've never seen anything or felt anything, you know, whatever. Anyhow, so we're in there playing, and, and all of a sudden we hear knocking on the walls from the inside, from the house, actual house, um, where the walls share into this room. And uh, we're like, that's weird. Now, her mother does live there, uh, but she was fast asleep. She's an, an elderly lady. She was fast asleep. All the lights out were in the house. And we hear this knocking, and then we hear a big crash. And we're like, what is that? So we get up and we go investigate and we find a bag of Oreos like six feet away from the shelf that they were sitting on. Okay, now that was kind of weird because, I mean, what could cause it to to just, on a flat surface, Oreos, which are flat, uh, just go six feet. Um, it was weird. So, you know, we noted that as weird and went back in and kept playing. Uh, of course, before she went in and checked, and her mom was fast asleep, so that didn't account for the knocking. Uh, more like pounding. It was really strange. So, uh, so we go back in and we start playing again, and then we finish, and then we're just kicking back. All of a sudden, we hear footsteps coming from the door. Now, there was a lot of stuff in that room, so we couldn't have a, a straight view to the door, and uh, so we couldn't see who was coming in. But we heard footsteps, and then footsteps, footsteps, footsteps. And mind you, it was dark in that room except for the candles next to us. And we're expecting to see somebody. And then the footsteps stop right where we should be seeing somebody, and there was nobody there. And then, uh, and then, we, then we just kept looking, like, what the hell? And then I saw, darker than the dark, a figure. Uh, it was tall, taller than I've ever seen any human. I mean, it must have been seven feet. It was a tall, big, black figure silhouette of, of a human, like a shadow person, darker than the dark. Uh, and I, I've been going through so many experiences at that house. I was like, what the hell, you know? And so I ran up to it. And when I ran up to it, I went to where I believed it was, and I felt spider webs all over me but yet there was no spider webs there and then slowly dissipated and uh then we turned on the light and there was nobody there um and then every once in a while like when then we would talk to it and say hey uh come back you know so after that uh you know we turned the lights on everything and all that but and then i started asking it um you know come and and make yourself known you obviously want to be acknowledged and and every time we would talk to it we would feel like a spider web like is on us we're like what the heck so here's a question actually for the listeners out there all you guys which i love you all because you're all like you know we're all one man we're all we're a unity a community we're awesome and um so I'm going to ask you all if you've ever experienced that, uh, being touched by a ghost, if you felt it like, like spider webs on you, but you, there's no spider webs there. That's what I think it feels like. Um, so that ends my story. And um, so I just wanted to say again, thank you for uh, letting me tell my story. And, uh, of course, thank you with all my heart for playing my little demo and since you said you liked it I'm gonna send you the full one really soon 
and uh, and just thank you so much. You guys are the best, and um, I give my love to you and uh, the community. Okay, bye. Thanks. Thank you. We are looking forward to hearing the full version. I really, I think that that was awesome that he took the time because that takes so much time and effort and talent to do that. Yeah, very much so. So I'm excited about that. I have a question too. Are shadow people usually taller than normal people or is it very? Varies. Okay. Just curious because he said that one was excessively tall. So I was just curious. Yeah, I really, uh, I can't say there's ever been like a norm to a shadow person. Okay. So it really just kind of depends. As far as what it feels like to be touched by a ghost, I don't know. I can't say I've ever been touched by a ghost. I had that one experience years ago where I still kind of write it off as sleep paralysis, but it felt like something was moving through me um, in the middle of the night. Um, And that just kind of felt like... uh, it didn't feel like uh, cobwebs. It felt like something was moving through me. It, like a cloud is the only way I can describe it. Like some sort of physical cloud that kind of made me shake. Okay. Uh, was going through me. That's all I got. So, but I don't know. You? Uh, my ghostly encounter where I felt like I was touched was up in... What is that town? Algoma? Yes, Algoma at the Von Steel Winery. Yeah, I love that place. Anyway, uh, it... It just felt like a pressure because it was, it was okay. It was on my behind because I thought our three-year-old was pushing on the back of me while I was filming, but she wasn't. She was across the room and there was nobody behind me, but it felt like when a little kid comes up behind their mom and it's just kind of leaning on them. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like spider webs or anything, but then of course, you know, I was wearing pants and stuff, so I I wouldn't have felt something that felt like spider webs. It just felt like a normal pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear uh, from other folks what... uh what the ghost touch feels like. Because I suppose when it's on your physical skin, maybe a little bit different. If anyone has a similar experience, do let us know. That's what uh, this community is all about. 855-853-4802. Phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Uh, here's another letter. Hi, Tony. My home is literally two houses away from a cemetery. I've lived there all my life, yet I've never experienced anything paranormal. Until I'm about to tell you. While I was going to a university, myself and two friends were working together on a field study. The study took place on a hill within a uh, farming region. The specific hill in that location was always rumored to be haunted, since it was the site several murder victims have been founded over the years. My friends and I were on the hill around noontime, then it started to rain. We took shelter under some shrubbed vegetation. All three of us were just standing there looking at the rain fall and not saying a word. Then abruptly, just a millisecond, I heard a woman's voice. It was as if she was involved in a conversation, yet I couldn't decipher what was being said since it lasted only a second. I immediately asked both my friends, Did you hear that? One of them replied, Yes. We were shocked, to say the least, yet we did not acknowledge what it could have been. My third friend, who did not hear the lady's voice, laughed at us. Up to this day, when I see my friend who heard it, I ask him, Do you remember about the time we were on the hill? He always says yes. This happened in 2007. Since then, it has only been uh, it has been the only paranormal thing I've experienced in my life. The fact that someone else was also there reassures me that I was not just hearing things in the wind. Kayleen. Thank you for writing in. What do you think about that one? I would be just as confused. Yeah. You know, because it's, 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 it's hard to determine what exactly that, that was or could have been. Because, I mean, you could write it off as, you know, uh, 
you know, really be anything, you know, was it, was it in your mind? Did it actually happen? And when you have those quick little instances where something happens and then it's gone and that's it, it leaves you wondering. Well, you know, the people that have paranormal things happen throughout their life, you know, you just kind of, it's one of those things you grow up with, essentially. Sure. And so you you just kind of, you know, when you saw or heard something that was not normal. Yeah. But if it's a one-time experience, I think it's so beneficial that somebody else was there to experience it with her so that she doesn't feel like yeah. that it was just in her head, that she knows that, no, two of us experienced that. That's yeah. not in both of our heads. I think it certainly leans towards paranormal with both people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 855-853-4802 to call in with your real ghost stories. Hi. Hi, guys. This is Carrie. Uh, sorry if I don't really sound right today. I have a little bit of a cold, so I'm dealing with that. Uh, I apologize to any empaths out there who might start sneezing during this episode. <laughs> um, actually, I wanted to call and comment on my last story. You had actually done it as your main story. It was the real-life exorcism <clears throat> about the girl that I went to church with. And one thing that Jenny had asked was she couldn't help but wonder why the girl or what was in the girl was trying to latch on to my mom. I think I can answer that. And in order to do that, I have to tell you the story that I'm really not looking forward to telling. Um, you'll notice that when I talk about my mom, I do it a lot in the past tense. My mom passed away last year. She was my best friend, and it's very hard for me to talk about her sometimes. So, you know, to tell stories that involve her a lot, you know, it's still painful for me. But um, she was married. My mom was a Christian woman. She always was. We always grew up in church. But she married a man who was very worldly. He got into drinking really heavy. He got into drugs, and he became very abusive to myself and my mom especially, and my mom was always trying to get him to go to church, and he would fight her tooth and nail, and he had a very low outlook on women. Um, he didn't treat women well at all, and he had a lot of issues about him. He wasn't exactly race tolerant. You know, he had drug issues, and my mom was miserable. Of course, the man didn't start out this way, or she never would have married him. But um, one night, you know, my mom was really, was really trying to get him to, you know, turn his life over to God. As I said, we're, we're Christians. And she flipped over on, uh, I believe it was like TCT, Christian television. Um, so she, there was a lady that was a minister, which already that just, was not something that he would have ever tolerated. And then not only was it a lady minister, but it was a black lady minister. And I was asleep. So I am telling this story. Let me make this clear. I am telling this story as a third person. My mom's no longer here, so this is just, you know, her retelling of the story to me. But he apparently that night actually for some reason listened to this woman on TV and decided that he was going to give his life to God and got saved right there in our living room. Well, according to both of them, and I know my mom would not lie about this, um, we had a, a wall 
in our house. It was like an accent wall, and it was that gray stone, like the large stones. Um, I know it has a name. I just can't think of it right now. I'm a little foggy-headed. Um, but anyway, flagstone maybe, something like that. Um, but it, anyway, it was just one wall, and it was light-colored. And then there was a battle that took place on this wall. They said it was like shadows, but you could see like an angel and a demon literally battling it out on the wall. And crazy things started happening in this house. And the house had always been, in my opinion, extremely haunted. From the time I was little, even before she ever met him, I was terrified of her bedroom. Um, one closet in particular, I used to see things that came out of that closet. And, um, you know, as I said on previous calls, I'm very sensitive. So, um, you know, at one point I even thought I saw a demon, and she brought in a preacher who, you know, um, anointed the house. But when he really got into the, um, the core of his drug use and alcoholism and abuse, you would see red eyes over the top of their bedroom door. Um, something scratched kill, the word kill, into the paneling in one of the rooms. Um, there was so much stuff that was going on. Well, in the midst of this good versus evil apparently going on in the living room, suddenly they thought about me. And they go barreling through the house and run into my bedroom and I am sound asleep, and they said floating over me, just completely filling my room, surrounding me, was these little white, like, twinkle lights, like, just surrounding me. And, you know, my mom always um, said that that was angels protecting me from what was going on in the rest of the house. And <clears throat> the church that they started going to was the one that this girl and her stepfather attended. And I believe that whatever was in her was angry that they had lost control on him. And after that, it was a constant battle with everything that happened with him. He was angry all the time. Um, you know, he was, a, he was a good Christian man for a while, don't get me wrong. But then, you know, things went back. The drug use started again. He got, got um, addicted to crack. Um, you know, he held a can of gasoline over my head and threatened to set me on fire. And I mean, obviously, my mom got out of this situation, but, um, you know, even after that, he still stopped us. And I firmly believe that he was possessed by something. There was something very evil inside of him. But I think that that's what that girl's attachment was to my mom, was she was trying to get, or it, what was in her, was trying to get back into our family, back into our lives. And, um, I know this story is very odd and hard to believe, and um, I really wish I had more time on the call to go into more details of the things that I've seen and give a longer version of this, but this is pretty much all I'm really comfortable talking about for now. Um, if you guys have any questions, you know, I think you have my email address. You might even have my phone number, so I'd be happy to answer any questions that you had. Uh, I hope you guys have a good night, and thank you. I'm glad you called back and answered that. You know, if all our stories were believable, we wouldn't have a show. Sure. I mean, that's what makes that's what makes the ghost story a ghost story. Yeah. And so I think 
really, you know, you're saying that you think that it was something dark wanting to get back into your family through your mom. I almost wonder if it wasn't the dark entity and the girl wanting to get at your mom because it knew your mom was the good that was trying sure. to get the dark out. That's kind of what I see there. Yeah. Don't you think it was an overreaction though to leave when he pulled the gas can over her head? I mean, that's kind of the oh, that's that's a passive aggressive way of showing you love someone. You know, the I'm first kidding. time it the first time it happens, you just let it go. Like, but yeah, then the second or can. third time, and it really depends the size of the gas can as well. I mean, if it's a little, I'm kidding. I'm completely being a sarcastic are, ass. We are both doing that. But, I don't think I've. No, I mean there, there was horrible. something. There's something horrible that was in that man. Whether it was mental or demonic, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty extreme crazy. It is. I mean, that's, I mean, there's a lot of crazy out there, but that's pretty dark. Well, going along, though, with the other things she said that had been going on, it, it's, that, yeah. you know, I, I agree course. with her that it was something in him, you know, because yeah. I, I can't think that any normal human being that it doesn't have no. a possession going on is ever going to hold a can of gas over a kid and threaten to set no. him on fire. That's, That's no beyond. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there, yeah, I didn't even know how to, I mean, that, I had to make some sort of inappropriate joke because it's such a horrible thing. And that's sometimes the only way I can get through some of these calls that's, is by... That's what I was about to say. Is trying some, to make some light out of these. Yeah, sometimes when it's that bad that we're taken aback, that yeah. we just, we try and bring a little humor back into it. Yeah, that, that's totally messed up. I, I could totally see him having been possessed. And it's, it's really interesting. You know, I, I wonder if, because she said that that girl that, that took that uh, uh, affection, for lack of a better term, towards her mother may have had something else going on with her. Uh, you know, maybe a lower IQ, maybe really just not quite there. May have been a prime target for something sure. to essentially take over. Sure. You know, because they were a, essentially, you know, individual that, that had some problems. And, and that could just be a, essentially a good vehicle to, you know, very susceptible to being taken over by something. Yeah. You know, yeah. Un- unfortunately. So I could see that. Um, gosh. Thank you for the backstory. Yeah, and thank you. I know that it was difficult for you to share that, and we, you know, we're so grateful that you did do that. Thank you. You know, it's it's through these stories that you know I think a lot of folks can connect some dots in their own lives with their own stories. Sometimes, um, unfortunately, and, and the, the the weird thing about this show is, as weird as some of our calls get, and as strange as they are, and as quote unbelievable unquote they uh-huh. can be, you know, but. We do believe, you know, that that's what we do this show for is we take people at their word in most cases. And in this case, I'm taking her at her word. Um, You know, you have other folks out there who have been through similar things, which is that's the unbelievable thing where you have folks going, oh, that kind of sounds like something I went through. Right. And it makes it not so unbelievable in your own life if you've gone through a similar situation with unbelievable circumstances. Makes yeah, sense? It does. Yeah. It does. Just being able to share and know that somebody out there can relate. Yeah. You're not alone mm-hmm. with, with some of these horrific tales. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Another letter that says, this took place when I was about 15 years old. I was visiting my dad up in North Can- Northern Canada for the summer holidays. Anyone live in Northern Canada? Is anybody way up there? 
There's people up there. Eventually, you get up to like ice. But that's <laughs> <laughs> the North Pole, though. Uh, I wonder how far north you get. One day, my dad was getting all prepped to go to the next town over for some car races, and he was going to bring uh, his uh, race, uh, his car to race. He asked me if I'd like to go, but I was more into the idea of having the household to myself, so I told him I was going to stay home. He told me he'd probably be spending the night, so he would uh, see me the next day. I had a relaxing evening, basically just vegged out and watched some movies. I eventually fell asleep on the couch with the television going, a bad habit of mine. I find it comforting. When I woke up to go to the bathroom, it was completely dark out except for the one lamp I had left on the TV. I sat up on the couch when all of a sudden this wind blew right past my face with so much force. I remember it lifted my hair up and it got all of my eyes from it. I had a really eerie, weird feeling, almost as if someone had just tried to get my attention. And I remember just sitting still for a few seconds. After the initial shock wore off, I checked to see if I had perhaps left a fan going or windows open. It being summer and all, all the windows were closed and the fan wasn't on. To this day, I still cannot think of any explanation as to how that could have happened. I can still clearly remember my hair raising up, going into my eyes as if something... Uh, it's something that will stick with me forever. It makes you wonder if that's something coming or going when that unexplained little breeze happens. You ever have that where you're walking through the house, or I'm not saying necessarily our house, but through any house, and you go, oh, the fan's on. And you look up, nope, fan's not on. I haven't. Have you? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think I have had that. Where? Not here. Okay. And I'm not just saying that because I don't want to freak you out. You're really not just saying that? No, no, but I, 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 and I can't recall where, but I know I've, I've done that before. I can't specifically tell you when and where this happened, but I do have m- somewhere in the back of my mind the memory of, huh, huh no, no fan. You know, and not to say that it couldn't have been a vent or 10 other possibilities, but. You know, I don't think I would even notice because it is always so at the minimum breezy if not full on windy here yeah I get to where I think I'm just desensitized to you really are to that whether indoors or outdoors I don't think I'd even notice and a lot of times you wouldn't here in, in the state of Kansas and the same with the the noise and the sound of the wind it's just like yep it's constantly windy um, and it's, it is what it is you know it's it's living essentially in the middle of a desert without sand I find when we go up to Wisconsin and it's just like normal and it's not windy, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> kind of unsettling. It does because the only time that really happens here on a you know fairly regular basis is right before it storms. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh shit, <laughs> tornado time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the sky's green. Yeah. Go in the basement. Yeah, uh, looks like the colorized version of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go. That wraps up another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Please subscribe if you like the show. Maybe it's your first time listening so you don't miss any future episodes. If you listen to the show frequently, we ask you to please become an EPP. Help support the show and let us continue doing this show for you. It's only five bucks a month. We say thank you for that with an extra podcast every single week. We email direct to you. Um, and uh, you get the satisfaction knowing you're keeping us on the air because this is a show that uh, is uh, pretty much funded by you. Because that's we're like NPR, if you will. Uh, but uh, we we won't do the telethon and uh, have uh, you know singing chimps on and pleading for money. Uh, you know for like five episodes. Singing straight. chimps. 
happens sometimes on NPR. You never heard that one where it's like, I'm Terry Gross and this is Fresh Air. These are singing chimps. We need your money. Please call. It's our pledge drive. That's an awful thing. This is Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. <laughs> Good grief. Singing chimps. I just invented that one. You know, they are. Uh, Okay. <laughs> Please become an EPP. That's the point. Help us keep this show going and fund it. Uh, you can come become an EPP through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And we'll keep the singing chimps and Terry Gross away for that matter. Although I do like fresh air. It's kind of a good show sometimes. <laughs> you ever listen to that? No, let's just end uh, the show. Okay. For Jenny Bruski, <laughs> I'm Tony Bruski. Yeah! And the singing chimps. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs> <laughs>